0: You're divorced, but do you know what your relationship fitness level is? Well, if you don't, better listen into this episode as we talk about moving on. Next.
1: Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, AKA the Divorce Resource Guy. A former divorce attorney turned divorce coach,
0: talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly, from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoie. All right, welcome to this episode of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. I'm your host Jason Lavoy, and we are at number episode number 85 trucking along. Today we're talking about moving on past the divorce once it's over. Yes, it's going to be over. What's going to happen after? Are you going to be involved in another relationship? Odds are whether you think so today or not. The answer is probably going to be yes. Whether you get married, that's a totally separate question. But relationships and how to handle future relationships after a bad divorce. Today, my guest is Roy Biancalana. He is a certified relationship coach and a nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships and the host of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. Along with being a frequent TV analyst, Roy is also the author of three number one best selling books, the latest of which is Relationship Bootcamp, Hardcore Training for Life, Love and the Pursuit of Intimacy. So let's get to it and talk. Please welcome my guest, Roy Biancalana. Roy, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. It's
1: great to be here. Can't wait to have this conversation.
0: Yeah, I know. We were just kind of talking off the air a, a second. And I'm looking forward to this too because it's going to segue, I think, perfectly to what happens to people when they leave a, a divorce and, and they're finished finally with a divorce and and they're ready to move on. But before we get to that, I know we're excited, but I want to tell people or I want you to tell people a little bit more about yourself. So Mm -hmm. what I do is I say, give us a little bit of a background about who you are and how you got to
1: this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a relationship coach and it is a career uh, that I never thought I would be in. Never in my wildest dreams that I think that I would be doing this. It's sort of sort of caught me from behind, because um, I've been through everything that most people can imagine in terms of bad relationships. So I've been divorced, right? I was married for 19 years, it was kind of a platonic relationship, you know, the, 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 we were like brothers and sisters, we were really weren't much man woman stuff. Yeah. Um, And of course, I rebounded out of that Um, I often joke with my clients, if you just don't do anything that I have done, you're going to be really good in your love life. Okay. (laughs) So uh, because I rebounded into another relationship immediately, which was of course all sexual, um, which at the time was kind of wonderful, but you know, we were together for two and a half years and we got engaged and about six months before the wedding, she broke up with me and that destroyed me. I mean, just, I had like a year long midlife crisis. Um, I mean, I couldn't sleep. I had heart palpitations, you know, obsessive thinking. I became a lousy father that year. My profession suffered, you know, it was, I was just a mess. Uh, And so in the middle of all that pain, you know, I made another disastrous choice, but it was the only one I knew how to make. I just joined about four different dating sites to help me try to forget about the last one. Right. You know, I was just trying to survive, not what I would ever recommend (laughs) because, you know, I really wasn't available to any of the new women I met online because I was sort of, even though I didn't know at the time, I was using them to help me forget about the last one. Right. So I really, yeah, I wasn't really emotionally available to anything. So you can imagine the amount of drama that I was, that I was causing. Right. So I had the divorce and the drama of that. Then I had the breakup with my fiance and the drama of that. And then all this online stuff in the span of about three years. And it was at, at that time a friend of mine, you know, made this brilliant uh suggestion. Roy, maybe you need a little help. <laughs> <laughs> because really at that time, um it's funny to admit this. I really thought that all of my love life problems were because I just I hadn't met the right woman yet. You know, all my ex-wife was this and my ex-fiance was this and oh, all you crazy women online were that. Right, right. It never really occurred to me that maybe I um, had something to do with it, that I was the common denominator in all of the pictures, right? I mean, it really never occurred to me. But I, I hired a coach because I, I, I needed to figure out why the rest of my life was pretty damn good but my love life, my relationships with, with women were, were awful. Right. And so good for you that, for looking for help. Yeah. That led, I, I worked with a coach for about two years, which in the coaching world, that's a long time, but I was
0: relationship coach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just a person to helped me. I mean, my question to my coach was why can't I make a relationship work with a woman? Why, why do I get in these unhealthy dynamics and all this drama and stuff like that? And, The very first thing that she sort of forced me to face was she basically said, Roy, if you're going to come here and you just want to tell me all the bad stuff about your ex wife and your ex fiance and the women, get a therapist. We're not going anywhere. (laughs) Right. Right. But if you're willing to look in the mirror, if you're willing to wonder what you were doing to create the drama, what your part was, you know, and she stressed that doesn't mean that my ex and all the other women that I was with didn't have any issues, but she was like, if you're willing to look in the mirror and discover what your blind spots are, how maybe your childhood conditioning is affecting the way you're relating. If you're willing to look for your limiting beliefs, your relationship personas, if you want to work on you and not just blame the women, then we're in business here. And for whatever reason, I was willing to do that. And so it did turn out <laughs> that it was me. I was going to say it was you, wasn't it? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, they had their issues, but right. I really began to see, I did have blind spots. I did have some childhood. I had all that stuff, which was really creating the experiences and attracting the dynamics that I had. Um, so when I got out of that process, you know, I was able to meet and date and fall in love with and get married to an amazing woman. Um, we've been together now almost 14 years now, coming up wow. on our 14th anniversary. And I became a coach because it was so powerful for me. The process she worked with me, the questions she asked me, um, the journey she invited me to take of looking at myself It so transformed my life that when I got out of it, I was like, all right, I just want to do for other people what my coach just did for me. You found your calling. Yeah, I I mean, I really did. And it was like through the back door. I never imagined it, but it was I was like one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread. (laughs) You know what I mean? So so that's why I do what I do is um, I help mostly single people that were like me coming out of a breakup or being dumped or going through a divorce, um, sometimes helping them grieve and work through some of that. But usually the clients come to me when they're like, all right, so the divorce thing is the divorce thing. I want to move forward now. I want to rebuild and damn it. I want to make sure that I don't have to hire Jason again.
0: (laughs) I don't know whether to be offended or uh, take it as a compliment. (laughs)
1: You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to attract another unhealthy dynamic and be in the drama and all that. And so when my clients come to me with that mindset that I I want to look at myself, I I, I don't want to blame anymore and do my own work, sort of what I call get myself in relationship shape. Because I use a lot of fitness metaphors to describe the the relationship and personal growth process. Because I, I think people understand the fitness metaphor sometimes better than, you know, the psychological right. type of discussion. Um, so that's why my my new book is called Relationship Boot Camp, right? So it's kind of a yeah, go to a relationship boot camp. You know, it's hardcore training. Well, it takes life, work. That's the point. Love and the, yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's not easy. So when my clients want to work on themselves, you know, it's so amazing because. The things that my love life is really good now, and it's been good for a long time. And it's not because I got lucky. It's not because I met the right woman. It's not because, you know, God smiled on me or something. It's because I asked certain questions of myself and I looked in certain places. I, In other words, I followed a certain process that is transferable. So I tell people, if, if you follow the same process I did, you can have the same results I got. That's great magic. That's great. Yeah. And that's my invitation to people. Do you want more drama or do you want to stop for a second, look in the mirror, do some work, and then create something that is really fantastic?
0: I say save the drama for your mama. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm, I'm curious what did you do? What was your career before you became a relationship coach?
1: Actually, I was a professional golfer. Get so out. yeah this the stuff you see on tv i play with tiger woods all that stuff i still i'm 61 so i'm well past my prime i guess you could say um i still compete in the little tournaments in the summertime just because i love to play um but yeah as a professional golfer and um but i've always in the background of that i've always been involved in spiritual emotional relational issues kind of I've always had kind of a dual track in my life, this interest right. in personal growth and, and spirituality along with, um, you know, professional golf. And of course, sometimes they mix, but I mean, we could talk about sports psychology and cause all those things mix. But um, now I know where all that, your sports metaphors come from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Sure. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. That that's great. Um, So, so let's get into this. The, let's let's talk about the process, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're mm-hmm. coming out of a bad divorce, bad relationship. Um, hopefully, as in, and I'm glad you said this regarding accountability, because I don't care how bad it is. It always takes two. And mm-hmm. if you can't look inward, to understand what role you played, whether small, large or equal, then you're not going to get very far in, in right. the healing process. So assuming you have somebody who understands that and is willing to like you were put in the work and and do what it takes what would the process be to get you from a to z
1: yeah that rhymed <laughs> one of the the most interesting conversations to have with people is that most single people can point to a certain pattern that they seem to be experiencing. You know, like they, they seem to attract the same types of partners and get in the same types of dynamics. Mm -hmm. It's even there's like, they're different people, but it's like the same relationship. It's the same problem, you know, we get the same and the same pain. So it's so common that I've, I've coined a phrase I call the relationship groundhog day syndrome. Okay. It's like, that movie with Bill Murray where he keeps reliving the same day over and over and over again. No, that's so good. Most people can point to some, some sense of, I, I, like I'm living in groundhog day. I, I keep getting in the same, I get the same problems and the same patterns and so forth. And that was my experience because one of the questions I had for my coach was what I recognized is I seemed, I seemed to attract women who were like, damsels in distress. And what I mean by that was I I attracted women who were really very successful in their careers. I mean they they worked a lot of hours, they were busy, they were kicking ass, making great money, but they were single mothers and they were just overwhelmed with it all. It's like they they couldn't manage their busy career and raising kids and managing the household and they were just overwhelmed and stressed out and and I was like, "Why do I keep attracting women who have these kind of dynamics?" Because I was expected to, and sort of, I was becoming Mr. Mom. Like, I I noticed that I was functioning as what I would call Roy the rescuer. Mm. Okay. And so, as I worked with my coach, one of the things that I understood was from my childhood. And this is, I think, true of everybody. I don't care how great your childhood was; you're going to come out of your childhood with some warped ideas about who you are, about love, about relationships, and about how they work. You you just can't help it because you weren't raised by God. You had normal human parents—some really lousy parents, some really great parents—but you're 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 going to have some baggage from your childhood. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's inevitable. Yeah, Right. right, right, and waking up and doing the work is all about understanding that so that you can find your authentic self because what i discovered was it in order to be close to my mother she was kind of a harsh demanding perfectionistic woman like she took care of our our physical needs but emotionally she was kind of distant and the only way that that i as a little boy could be close to my mother was if i made my life be about taking care of hers if I didn't show up with what I want and what I was doing and what I needed, it was like, if mama wasn't happy, nobody was happy in my family. So I learned that the way I get close to my mother was, I remember even my dad telling me, Roy, don't fight her, just do it her way. Just make her happy. It'll be easier for everybody else. So I learned that the way you get close to the feminine is by sort of ignoring you and what you want and making your life be about fulfilling her agenda meet her needs, take care of her. Right now, every little boy wants to be close to his mother. So this was all happening unconsciously. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I was like five years old. I didn't really know. I just knew that if I was a good boy and I was mommy, what do you need? Who do you need me to be? Then I felt some connection, some warmth. Sure. If I was more independent or quote selfish or something, I got in trouble or I just felt distance. So now I'm 45 year old man and I'm showing up with women with this belief that the only way to get the attention and affection from a beautiful woman is to make my life be about taking care of hers. Okay. So I recognized that I had this persona, this relationship persona called Roy the rescuer. And I felt like I, I had to be that kind of guy in order to get a woman to want me, to like me, to love me, to have sex with me. That makes sense. Okay. So if I'm a rescuer, well, then who are the women I'm going to attract? Women who need rescuing. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you follow me? Right. right. They go together like cookies and milk. Right. So I began to see that the patterns that I was experiencing wasn't because of them. It was because I was showing up with a kind of insecurity about myself, a kind of disconnection from my authentic self. I was operating by fear. I was I was being Roy the rescuer because I, I, I didn't want to be that way. It wasn't natural to me, but I felt like I have to do these things.
0: And it's what you and knew.
1: It's what I knew. So it was not unusual. This is embarrassing to, to mention, but it was not unusual in the first two or three weeks of meeting some new hot chick that I would be basically raising her children getting them off to school, doing their laundry, wow, cleaning the house, making dinner, washing her car, cutting her grass, baby, I will take care of all of that stuff for you. So after you work your 60 hour a week job, you only have one thing to do when you come home. Aren't you supposed to be playing golf? Right? Well, <laughs> I, 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 that, that was the, that was the issue is I did have my own profession, which I was ignoring because I had this, this thing going on. So So it just created codependence, right? I mean, her job was to make me feel like a man, if you know what I mean, based upon my marriage, didn't have any sex in it. And I was in this rescuing, taking care of her, but not because that was the way I wanted the love. It was, I was just afraid if I wasn't going to do that, no woman would give me the time of day. I just really felt that that's how you get a woman to like you. I just thought I was a really nice guy. There's a chapter in my first book that's above my head there. Um, the world's greatest boyfriend <laughs> but i was operating by fear so to right. make a long story short i started to see that the the patterns that i was in and and the types of women that i was attracted were sort of being magnetically attracted because of my way of being in the world if i'm a rescuer i'm going to find the damsel
0: you were offering them exactly what they needed
1: exactly And so the woman's in a persona of being this damsel broken down woman that can't manage her own life, which isn't true. And I was in this, you know, I need a woman. I need your attention and affection. I'll do anything to get it. You know, this kind of lack of masculine strength in myself. um, And we would go together. And for a while, it would work pretty good until I got kind of tired of doing the kids laundry. Like, you know, I got things I want to do too. And then, you know, so so, that, so one of the journeys I invite my clients to look at is how have they disconnected from their authentic self? Who have they become based on your childhood? What things do you believe? Who did you feel like you needed to be as a little boy, a little girl to survive, to get attention, to feel love, to feel safe? Because we all became something. That's not authentic to us. And whenever you're loving from a, a place that's built on fear and not from authenticity, it's just never gonna last. You're gonna get in all kinds of drama. Right. So that's just one of the things that that we look at to kind of unwind this issue. Why do I keep attracting right? So it's so common. Um men, men or women feeling like, why do I keep attracting people that are sort of broken down or Wounded or need to be fixed. Well, you know, if a a mechanic only only attracts broken down cars,
0: or abusers, you know, like emotional abusers or narcissistic type
1: people. Like, why do you keep why do you keep meeting and getting into relationships with these people? It's the same. Right, right. If if you have a pattern of attracting narcissism, then that must mean that you, on some level, have become unselfish to a fault. Right. You don't value yourself. And so, because a narcissist cannot be in a relationship with another narcissist, they would beat the hell out of each other. Right? They'd be fighting for, no, it's about me. No, it's about me. No, it's about me. Right. So a narcissist needs someone that says, yes, it is about you, <laughs> that I'll disappear. I'll be small. I'll, I'll, I'll be a wallflower and you can take up all the space in the room and everything is about you. So the way you quit attracting narcissists is not by saying, I want to find a healthy partner. It's about stop being that that selfless person that that person that doesn't value themselves, that doesn't feel like they belong like they can take up space in the room. like the more the more you find your strength and your presence, the more that narcissist, oh well, they want a mutual relationship. I better go someplace else because I, 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 I don't, I can't play my game with someone who, who right. won't play the opposite of my narcissism. So th- that, that, kind of work, it usually takes someone to work with you to help you discover what your personas are. Um, but once that, once I saw this, it was like, Oh my God, it, it everything became clear. And the path to a better relationship was so right there. All you got to do is quit being Roy, the rescuer. Let's work on that. Forget about trying to find a woman. Just let's find your, your substance. Let's find your, your strength, your power, your, your masculinity, your sense of yourself, your authenticity. And once you do that, you're going to automatically attract a partner because here's, yeah, had a find Roy, more. right? You had to find right, Roy. Right, exactly. Because in my field, the law of attraction is the whole thing, okay? But the law of attraction can work for you against you because all the law of attraction means is that like attracts like. And there's a lot of junk, but with that in the hocus pocus world out there. <laughs> but it just means like attracts like. Birds of a feather flock together, okay? So if I'm in a persona, the law of attraction is going to work against me. Because that means I'm going to attract someone else in a persona. Right. If I'm a rescuer, I'm going to attract the damsel. So the law of attraction can work for you if you get in better shape, if you're evolving, if you're growing in self-awareness and understanding these things about yourself. And and we only mentioned one thing here, this p- persona. No, I want to at Let's least get them.
0: one other thing in before we're done. Yeah, go. yeah exactly. Is, so,
1: But this is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we can can talk
0: about more. Sure. No, let's let's cover one other like one other step that you would you would follow in this process after you maybe start finding yourself a little bit because that's huge, right? You got to find is that step one finding yourself?
1: Well, yeah, I don't know if there is a step one. It depends on the client and kind of where they are. Some people listening to this might not be able to identify a real clear pattern. Perhaps they're married to the same person for 25 years. And that's what the work is. That's where the work comes in. Right, right right and that yeah so so in my in my book bootcamp i identify seven relationship muscles okay that need to be strong seven parts of our life that need to be strong if we're going to attract a healthy sustainable relationship
0: let's cover and some me- of
1: those yeah maybe the one to really talk about because of what you do and the audience you have is your relationship to your past mm. okay um that is it, it's so Important that, like I often joke, the only first of all, the only people that don't have a past and baggage are the little babies in the maternity ward. Okay, all the rest of us have been hurt, wounded, betrayed, deceived, ghosted, gaslighted. I mean, sometimes terrible trauma, other times more of a normal pain. Because all of us have some baggage. The issue is whether your past is something that's just simply happened or if it's something that's happening. Okay? Mm. If it's alive in you. If the pain is still there, if the past is alive in you, then what happens is when you move into maybe a new relationship, it's like a ménage à trois from hell. Right? It's me, it's her and my past. And the three of us are in this relationship. It's,
0: it's common right? with you, right? It's common because right.
1: you. you bring your pain. You you bring the baggage and you know if if you've been cheated on it's really hard to approach your next potential partner with an open trusting heart you're going to be guarded you're going to be suspicious right you might like build a wall around your heart right and walls they keep you safe but they'll keep you single cuz nobody can get in to hurt you but nobody can get in to love you either right 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 and i joked that i've never seen a person go on a date with a sledgehammer right? Nobody wants to come beat down somebody's wall, right? So we need to do the work, especially coming out of the divorce of letting go of the past, like learning the lessons that are there, right? What was my part and what happened? You know, how can I grow as a result of it, no matter how painful it was, how can I be a better person and maybe a better partner based upon what happened? Right. Right. So, Really learning from what happened rather than just pointing the finger. And then there's the part of dealing with all the, the emotional residue in the hurt and the pain and the anger, right? People watching this, you either have heard of or you've experienced being on a date with someone and all they do is rail about their ex to you, right? Right? For like, like number okay. one. Yeah. It was like, okay. Well, they're not in love with their ex anymore, but they're still kind of involved with them. Right. It's, baggage. There's still, there's still bitterness and anger. It's, it's still alive. It's like, there's no room in their heart for me. Right. Because they haven't done
0: the work. They haven't healed. They're
1: still involved. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at ourselves and say, is my past happening and no shame if it is, because I'm sure people watching, listening to this have been through some horrible things, some very painful a divorce with children. Fine. There's no shame in having baggage. It's doing the work so that you can let it go um, to be really available to your next relationship. And in this sense, this is where sports psychology comes in. So real quick, as a professional, of course, I had coaches and nutritionists and all that stuff, but I had a sports psychologist I worked with too. Right. And all of sports psychology is about one thing. Can you approach your next shot with a clean emotional slate? If you're playing the next shot and you're thinking about that last one that went in the water or whatever, you are screwed. Yeah. Right. You've, you've got to be able to be here and be present as if nothing else ever happened. You're all here. You're tuned in. And then you're able to execute. Okay. It's the same way in our love lives. You meet a new person. You want to be present. You want to be all there. You want to see them for who they are. You don't want to be projecting your fears onto them. Right. And then, then, right, right. So I think most people understand this. What they don't know is how do I get there? Like, right. how do I get to the clean emotional slate? Well, that's what I do. Right. 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 <laughs> that's now, a big part of what I do is get you in relationship shape so that you're able to do something great in your next relationship.
0: And and for those who maybe aren't feeling the sports analogies, uh, like you and I can appreciate them. Yeah. I, think I think of it like this. And tell me if this coincides with with the, the whole, you know, being president not leaving your last shot behind analogy, you know, your last marriage, your last relationship was on a foundation, like a house on a foundation. And then it got burned down divorce, right, you got to build a new foundation, right? And you want to build a new sturdy, stable, better than the last one, right foundation, Um, so, so that's what that's what this process is about. No, yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. I often feel like what I do and what someone like what you do, they really it's like passing the baton to a next person in a relay race. Yes. Like you get them somewhere and then I get them somewhere and maybe somebody else gets them because to grow and to evolve, I mean, everybody that wants to have a magnificent life, whether it's in their career and a they have coaches they they have people that are experts that give them financial advice physical fitness advice legal advice you know we we go to other people that's what's weird about my business especially for men they'll get advice on all kinds of things but oh not about my love life there's somehow there's some taboo with that well it's a stereotype price that you know you're not yeah, manly you,
0: if you're asking for help
1: yeah and man most mo- most of us men need a little help on how to understand women because they're like <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, they're from a different planet. <laughs>
0: I just did a I just did a podcast on what women want. A guy who knows yeah. what women want. <laughs> great, but it's no, it's so
1: it's so yeah. true.
0: And um, right, you and and I think the key to that is not only having somebody in your corner helping you at each stage, I you know, i.e., me or you, but that person is objective, right? Mm-hmm. They're not friends and right. family who you right. know are great, yeah. but they they're playing a different role.
1: Yes. Yeah. Having friends or family try to help you do the real work. um, It doesn't work. No, Um,
0: that's not the job. Yeah,
1: because when you hire someone like me, you know what my commitment is to my clients is, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help you get your butt in relationship shape. So if that means you need a big hug, I'm going to give you a big hug. Uh, But if it means you need a kick in the ass, I'm going to give you that too. Right. So sometimes friends and family don't look you in the eye and, and call BS, you exactly. know, and, and challenge you to look at something that is embarrassing or that your ego doesn't like. Exactly. That's the hard part of this work is the ego hates it because the ego loves that. No, it's her fault. You know, it's, it's women. It's all that right. The ego does not like this direction.
0: <laughs> no, but that's how I, that's how I coach people in what I do. I say, I give you the good, the bad and the ugly, right? Yeah. Because sugarcoating it, we're not helping. Right? right, that's that's not going to help them. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you, and I and I think we are like passing the baton to each other. And you know, once I'm done with them, I'm like, Roy, here you go, and you go. build them back up, get them ready for the next relationship. Yeah, because um, everybody recovery team. Yeah, everybody deserves to be happy, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, I mean, I could talk to you for another hour. Um, appreciate. And maybe that. I'll have you we'll on we, again. We go we'll through uh, right. some of the rest of the rest of the stuff. Um, but where can
1: people find you? Where can people find your book? Yeah, well, the book's on Amazon, you know, it's audio, it's paperback, it's ebook, the whole thing. So again, it's called Relationship Bootcamp. Relationship Bootcamp, right. Um, My website, coachingwithroy.com, is where everything is. And because I use this metaphor of getting in relationship shape and strengthening your relationship muscles, there's something on my website that's free, and it's called the Relationship Fitness Self-Assessment Test. It's like if you go to the gym and you want to hire a personal trainer you know okay they know what your goal is right you want to lose weight get in shape be stronger look better feel better the first thing any good fitness person is going to do is run you through a bunch of assessments to see what they're working with you need a baseline right so once they know where you're starting from they can put a program together to get you where you want to go and i'm like let's do that for our love lives we know we want this great healthy lasting relationship okay where are we starting from? What is your current relationship fitness level? Are you a little out of shape? Are some of those muscles kind of flabby and weak? So there's a fitness test on my website. It's like 30 true, false questions. Takes about five minutes to take. Unfortunately, it's it's accurate. <laughs> if you, when I took the test from the mentality I had back before I worked with the coach and I scored in the lowest level, obviously. Okay, so don't be surprised. If the test says, yeah, you need to get your butt in better shape. Okay. Um, it's completely confidential, right? So I would just suggest people, you know, I'm not saying that my test is like some sort of gospel, right? But I would think that people would wanna let me get an idea of what I mean. Roy spent 20 years of his life doing this work with single people and his own work around it. Let me see, let me see what his test says in terms of my. My fitness level.
0: It's not going to hurt you.
1: Yeah. And then it, if we follow up and I can create a coaching program for you to get you in shape, then even better. So it's all at coachingwithroy.com.
0: Awesome. And I'm going to put that, of course, in the show notes for people who are don't have a, a spot to remember that or write it down. So don't you worry. Roy, it was such a pleasure having you on. Thank um, you. It's people like you that, you know, that's why I have you on my show because what happens after the divorce is just as important as what's happening now. Um, And so what you do is really important. Keep it up. Thank you for your work. And um, I will hopefully talk with you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, another one in the books. Roy, thank you so much for being on the show and everybody listening. I hope you got some golden nuggets out of that. What I pretty much took from that is look in the mirror. Everybody's accountable at some level after a bad relationship put in the work, join the right team, hire the right person, move on and you will have a healthy, prosperous, romantic future if that's what you're looking for. Of course, if you wanna be alone, I totally understand that too, but sometimes it's inevitable. We can't help but meeting people, but you wanna meet the right people and not attract the same people that were causing you problems and the grief that you were dealing with. So, if you are interested in getting help for your divorce, looking for a divorce coach check me out jason at jasonlavoy.com you can feel free to email me i'll be happy to speak with you and see how i may be able to help you i do group online coaching programs and one-on-one and if you like the podcast and like what you're hearing please subscribe it's free and kind of leave a nice uh review on itunes if you have a couple of minutes to spare i would greatly appreciate that it does go a long way in the meantime all i'm going to ask you to do is be strong act confident and stay positive i'm jason lavoy aka the divorce resource guy and i'll be seeing you real soon